Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. And the turkey is happy when you put him in the oven because he'll never have to listen to this show again. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on the day before Thanksgiving 2019. And on uh, this week's show, got a special one for you. It's all the uh, all the little short interviews that I did at this past West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. And again, congratulations to Steve O'Neill and Marty Pulvers on a great show. Uh, no pipe parts this week because you're just going to hear all that, uh, all the uh, all the interviews that I did. Uh, it'll be pipe parts and the uh, normal interview segment. So there's eight different ones. So I hope you enjoy them. I hope it uh, hope it gives you a chance to uh, sit back and listen to people talking about pipes and just uh, hanging out at a pipe show while you're uh, resting and relaxing sometime on this Thanksgiving weekend, or maybe um, maybe escaping from the chaos of Thanksgiving. Anyway, for those of you, for the rest of you around the world, well, <laughs> uh, this will just be a special episode this week, and you'll get to hear that. And then we'll kick off uh, music for the holiday season, mailbag, and a uh, special message at the end instead of a rant or rave. So all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, just want to quickly remind you that you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this show. And if you could, we would appreciate you going over to Apple podcast and leaving a rating and a review there. Same thing on Stitcher. That would be great. Uh, if you're overseas, do it there. And then if you could uh, screenshot and send it to me, I'll read it right here on the uh, pipes magazine radio show. Cause I can't see all those foreign ones. So I only get to see the, I uh, only get to see the U.S. reviews, so whatever country you're in, screenshot it, send it over to me. I'd appreciate that. All right, so for the next uh, 40 or so minutes, you're going to hear uh, just interviews back-to-back, -back, no introductions by me, uh, just me when I'm sitting there in Las Vegas. And again, this was with my little tiny microphone plugged directly into my iPhone, so you get some background noise and some weird sounds, but you're... I mean, it was right there on the middle of the show floor of the West Coast Pipe Show. So uh, grab your pipe, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Kevin Godby from PipesMagazine.com with some good news. Our favorite Dunhill tobaccos, early morning pipe and nightcap are two of my favorites, are now back under the Peterson brand name. These are not match blends where another maker tried to reverse engineer their blend to make something that's close to the original. These are the exact recipes and tobaccos being made in the same factory, STG in Denmark, where they've been making the Dunhill tobaccos for almost 10 years. They had about a year and a half, two year hiatus, and now they're back, still being made the same way, but now under the Peterson name. Check with your favorite retail tobacconist for early morning pipe, Nightcap, Royal Yacht, Mixture 965, Elizabethan Mixture, Deluxe Navy Rolls, Flake, Dark Flake, and Standard Mixture, now under the Peterson name. Yep, still good. Okay, just uh, sitting here at the West Coast Pipe Show, just in case we don't know your name, go ahead, say your name and tell us what uh, city, state, area you're from. Sure, my name is Mike Murphy. I'm, uh, I was born in San Francisco, but I'm currently residing in Central California, Tulare, California. It's a cow town, and I kid you not, it's, it's a dairy town, very small. And for those that don't know, Mike Murphy does the Pipe and Tamper podcast. And you kind of inspired me for this line of questioning for here at the show. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Are you ready? Uh, no. By the way, I don't grant interviews, so... I'm not... I'm just taking it, so I don't care if you grant it or not. Go. 
What pipes did you pack to bring to the show, and why did you bring those pipes? I don't know why I brought them. I, I have a lot, obviously. I I think I I packed eight. One is an old Dagner that I refurbished. Um, I, I brought a Nate King bamboo pipe. I brought an old Radis antique pipe that I bought and refurbished. Uh, what else did I bring? Um, a Lucky pipe. Dan Knott made that one. I don't remember the others because I'm old. <laughs> did you bring special tobaccos just I, to... I did. I, I brought I brought some Sunset Harbor Flake because I'm trying to champion that, uh, that, that blend. I brought some uh, 15-year-old Pembroke that I've since given away. I brought a tin of GLP's um, Hatter's Delight and christened that with GLP's last night. Uh, smells amazing. I was wondering what, <laughs> what I was smelling because I wasn't sure, but it's rum and maybe banana, although I know there's no banana in it, but it smelled, <laughs> it smelled very, it smelled like an alcoholic beverage. So. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was great. All right, so now we've had a full day of the show. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you think of the show? What did you, we won't say that you might have bought stuff here, but what, what'd you see that caught your eye? A lot of stuff, actually. Uh, you know, I was here last year and I was a little intimidated by everything. I'm a little more comfortable this year in talking to people. Um, so I went around and talked to people I had interviewed previously on the podcast and then started going row by row. The, the IMP Mearshams behind you here are fantastic. Um, the guy sitting next to you, Alexander, I bought a pipe from him. I bought a pipe from Kadesh. There's a lot of stuff here. I'm thinking about buying the Nate King pipe before I leave today, but that's a car payment. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, do I want to make that car payment or buy the pipe? So I'll probably buy the pipe. Has your your approach to buying a pipe changed yes. now that you're at a second pipe show? Yeah, this year I was, especially with the higher end artisan pipes. I, you know, use the light on your cell phone to look down the chamber, right? Yeah. And use, as you said many times make sure you can run a pipe cleaner through. I even do that with the higher end carvers. Sure. And they, they understand and know why I'm doing it because I don't want to buy a pipe that I can't run a pipe cleaner through. So yeah, um, I'm a little more cautious. Yeah. Except for when it's a, a mint never used doodler. The doodler. Brand new pipe, yeah. I'm less picky right. with those, but. I, I'm telling you, the box is sexy. The pipe, not so, not so much, no. but the box is really sexy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully the box doesn't smoke better than the pipe. I probably, I have a couple doodlers at home that I smoke, so I doubt I'll even smoke that one because it's new. I don't, I don't want to ruin a pipe by smoking it. But that's also the fun of coming to a pipe show is the doodler is obviously not a car payment. No, it's thirty-five bucks. I think yeah, I it's an oil it. change. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Jiffy Lube. But, but how much laughter and joy is that doodler going to give you? You know, and, yeah, uh, well, if it's, I smoke it's still it, fun to find them. No, if I, I'll enjoy it either way. I mean, this is something I'm going to show off, and I could easily triple my money on it if I wanted to, but I won't. I'll keep it. Sounds good. Mike, thanks for saying that one. Thank you, Brian. All right, we'll start off with what I'm asking everybody. Tell me your name and tell me where you're from, and I know these answers, but go ahead. Okay, I'm Byron Smith. I live in Orange, California. This is my sixth Las Vegas show. And you do a couple other pipe shows yes. a year, too. Yes, right? I do Chicago every year in May. Yeah. And I know you, I've known you for, you know, what, four or five years, yes. but I also know you from the hotel that's conveniently located right across the street from Disneyland. Yes, yes. And you still have a smoking area at the hotel. Yes, we, we kind of uh, butted up against Disney's policy, which is now, I think, all non-smoking in their yeah. park. So we do have designated smoking areas, and we just activated a trial basis of pipe and cigar smoking in the pool area. So we have deco uh, ashtrays that match our color theme, which is orange and green, and so far it's working okay. So if you're going to Anaheim and you're going to Disneyland, let me book the trip for you, but I'll put you at the Tropicana right across the street. You'll actually be closer to the entrance of Disneyland than if you stayed at the Disneyland Hotel. Yes, actually, uh, it's the closest uh, with the crosswalk. Uh, the property was uh, invented in 1955, the same year Disney opened. So the gentleman that owns it is still living and lives on the property. It's amazing. All right, now let's talk pipe show. Sure. 
When you were packing and getting ready to come out here, which pipes did you bring and why did you bring those? Well, I packed two of them. Uh, the one I'm smoking here uh, is from John Hines. He's a pipe maker in Virginia. I brought two of his pipes. I brought my dad's 1936 custom built that he bought in Indianapolis from Tracy Mincer. My dad knew Tracy Mincer. And uh, that pipe came with me this trip because it's the most sentimental pipe that I have. Um, let's see, I bought, uh, I brought a basket pipe, which is a, a billiard. And uh, I just purchased a pipe from Mr. Crappy Pipes over here yesterday. It was a limited edition <laughs> with a beautiful stem. Yeah, you've seen the stem work. A limited edition Crappy. Yes, it was. <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, I, I'm walking the advertisement for him. So yeah, that's basically it. This is my uh, sixth Las Vegas show that I've been to. So when, did you also come with a budget and with some ideas of what you were going to look for? Yeah, it's interesting. I thought, well, uh, I live from paycheck to paycheck and I'm, uh, I'm living off kind of a semi-pension. So yeah, I had a uh, like a $400 limit. Right now, on Sunday, I'm at about 320 so I'm, I'm reaching that point. Yeah. When you buy a pipe at a show, do you kind of cover the pipe, cover the show first to see what's out there and then go back to what you liked? Or? Well, you know, I wanted to get a table in the smoking room, which has changed this year uh, to the old smorgasbord room here, and it's been worked out really well. So I got my home base set up, and then I came over and taken different uh, spurts of time to, to look at everything. And every year it's amazing. I mean, uh, I see, it's the camaraderie of the smaller market cities. Yeah. Chicago, yes, huge. But you don't have the intimacy that you have in a Las Vegas or a Kansas City, a St. Louis, Charlotte, wherever. So I enjoy this smaller market pipe show. You do get a chance really to talk to people. Yeah. And yeah. visit with people. Yeah. I mean, it could be uh, the acoustics in the big tent in Chicago. It, it, it can be hugely loud in there. I mean, you and I are kind of speaking in a normal tone, and there's, you know, more of an intimate approach to these smaller market shows, and I love them. Yeah. Yeah. What was, uh, if money was no object, what'd you see that that, that excited you? Well, uh, there's some magnum pipes from different people. I'd love to have a huge pipe, but uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, Budget aside, I kind of think within the box instead of outside the box. What if I had this money and so forth? So, yeah, uh, I got carried away in Chicago a few years ago, and uh, my wife said I want the credit card back because <laughs> we're both on it. So uh, she, she, it's good to have a wife that understands your pipe smoking. Yeah. She's very tolerant on most of the blends I smoke, but when it comes to spending. She's got a kind of a close watch on me. And most guys might think that's wimpy, but it's good to have a good woman in your life to kind of keep you in keep reality. Keep you balanced. Check. Yeah, you yeah. bet. You bet. Thanks for taking some time okay. with me. And, uh, and yeah, maybe, I'll, uh, maybe I'll see you in a couple of years when we come back out to Disneyland, too. All right, sounds good, Ryan. Thanks. This is Internet Radio. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, We've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. <laughs> All right, tell us your name and tell us where are you from. Hi, I'm Neil Osborne uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. And this is not your first pipe show? Not at all. This no. is my first time to the West Coast Pipe Show, but uh, definitely not my first pipe show. So when you were getting ready to leave for the show, what pipes did you bring and why did you pick those pipes? Oh, great question. It's actually a 
that for me that's a very good and uh, pertinent question. So I think a lot about this. I think you and I were talking about it the other night uh, over in the lounge. Um, I'm kind of known for my Opera 44 pipes. Uh, I, whenever I travel, I generally bring those specifically, and those are for me because they fit in a case. I have very specific cases that I use that fit modular into my photography bag. And so, no question, if I'm going on a run and gun trip like this, in fact, I just found out three days before that I was going to be at the show, <laughs> I just grabbed my Opera 44s. And then I, I'm a small pipe guy. I collect some larger pipes, but when I travel, I generally bring a group two or three. I bring a few of them, and then I have these specific cases that I use. Um, that's how I do it. And it's uh, over the years, I think I've got it down to... You know, I don't need to think about which pipes to bring. I, I just have my travel pipes. Yeah. If you are planning ahead a long way for a pipe show, maybe say like a Chicago show, would you bring a different assortment? Always. Yes. In fact, I have, in my mindset, I have three different trips that I make, um, maybe even four or five. But um, I'll start with like the one week cruise or, you know, my wife and I are going to go on a long, long trip. Then I actually take, a, I have an old Dunhill seven pipe bag. And then it's always seven pipes, and I'll rotate one every other day. Um, Chicago kind of falls into that. Chicago, I also want to, like, uh, you know, you want to show people pipes, and you, yeah. you know, and you also have to leave negative space to bring pipes home. So I actually will bring an extra bag, empty, an old pipe okay. bag, so that I can actually load those up um, in case my check-in uh, or my carry-on actually doesn't get on. If I'm zone two or, you know, I my bag is, you know, not around me, then I, I, I have my pipes with me. Um, yeah. But uh, the third kind of trip would be a two-day. I do a lot of lecturing, so I do one nights. Yeah. And for those, it's always my two-pipe case, Opera 44, generally, or a poker, you know, a smaller pipe. Um, and then I just do that, and I can I hit the hotel, you know, lobby or outside, put myself to sleep with a little bowl, and uh, maybe one in the morning. So it's a different kind of packing. Do you vary the tobacco that you're bringing depending on the, the length of the show or where you're going? Yeah, I'm not as much a tobacco guy as some people. I'm yeah. more of a pipe guy. Uh, so I, I will only, I'll give you an example. I have a two pipe set that I do travel with quite a bit. And one of the, they're both small. One's an apple and one's a billiard. And I always bring an English and a vapor when I travel. That way I just know I've got an, a hearty English and a, and a vapor. And then I don't have to worry uh, about what to choose. I just kind of have a selection yeah. of two. Do you dedicate the pipes to the to the English or the vapors? I do. Or do you... I do. Yeah. So you... and I, I I'm so nerdy. I used to have a spreadsheet and I used to try to actually <laughs> say which ones. You know, it was on my iPhone. It was easy to do. But over time, as anybody's collection grows, and especially once you've been at it three to five years, you just kind of know in your mind that that pipe reminds me of uh, of an English, and yeah. I know that this one is dedicated to a you know. A, a, Stonehaven or something special or this one does this. Um, I have aromatic pipes that are only aromatics. When you were getting ready for this show, which was, I guess, you know, just a couple days earlier, did you have something in mind that you were looking for shopping-wise? Did you have a target list? Yeah, for this show, I did not. Um, I came open-minded. Um, my goal for this trip was to take pictures, um, and that's what I enjoy doing, uh, photo documentation. Um, so I wanted to more catch the mood of this show. I knew I'd never been, and I have always heard that this is a more quaint show, more personable, people kind of talk. Yeah. I wanted to capture that. That was my goal. Um, so I was focused more on that than the actual pipes and tobacco. And then as far as what I was going to buy, you know, I didn't, yeah. this show, I, I didn't, I wasn't searching out one person, get here right at 10 a.m., get in line and like run to a table. <laughs> I've done that in Chicago. Go knock on their hotel <laughs> yeah, well, room. The, yeah, so on, you know, in, in social media, Facebook, Instagram, the, in modern days, a lot of, a lot of carvers will start showing all their stuff ahead of time. Yeah. And you kind of know what's going to be there. Unfortunately, most of it's actually sold before you even get there. But uh, so you do kind of have a couple of things in mind once in a while. You're like, okay, I want to, I want, I want to see this one. Was there something that jumped out at you while you were walking around that surprised you or shocked you? Something interesting that you found? Uh, nothing in particular. For me, it was the, I think it was the facial expressions. Again, I was trying to capture that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't any one new carver, or new stain, or a new you know this or that uh it was it, i think it was just the ambiance that stood out this is a very nice show um it, it's a lot more personal everyone seems to know each other here so you're you're really enjoying the fact that you can actually like sit and have a conversation with people and get to know people 
instead of like I, I a Chicago show where I always say it's a it's four days of five minute conversations. It is, and even so, yes, the answer is yes, and uh, you nailed it. Like I love that a bunch of five minute death by a thousand yeah. five minute conversations, <laughs> speed dating pipe style. Yeah, but it's a blast. It's a whole yeah. different mood, and. Um, uh, just looking around right now, anything that stuck out? Uh, not, not really. I met a couple of new carvers that I followed. Bought a pipe uh, from Ernie Markle. I'd never, you know, actually met him. I, I know of him. We have mutual friends, but you know, that stuck out. You know, those are all examples. Neil, thanks for hanging out with me. Absolutely. All right, please tell me your name and tell us where you're from. Randy Robeson, Reno, Nevada. Oh, way up north. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you had a little bit of a mission when you came to this year's pipe show, right? I did. Yeah, I so did. talk me through this set that I'm looking at right here in front of me. Well, Brian, it all started with you about three years ago. Uh oh. You, you, you did a uh, thing about how to go to pipe shows, and I knew yeah. the West Coast pipe show was in Las Vegas, and I was kind of excited to go to it. Kind of a long standing tradition, a friend and I smoked our pipes for about the last 30 years, and he died. And so I said, I want to go to the West Coast Pipe Show. And so I came and I met Pete Provost by accident downstairs, met him, and so we started talking. And the first thing he asked is, How did you get into pipes? So we started talking, and then he said, Well, I make pipes. And so he showed me these pipes that he made for his friend, and they were the same burl or piece of wood that he'd made and he made these two pipes and so we started talking and so we kind of developed this relationship and then I said how could you make me five pipes from the same piece of wood for my family for my boys and he said absolutely I said I'd like to surprise them and so we can make these our Christmas we have an annual tradition where we smoke our pipes and we've been doing that with my other friend for about the last 30 years and then he died and I kind of lost that tradition, and then Pete and I kind of started it again with my boys. So it's kind of this amazing tradition that we started celebrating. And then Pete really brought it to life by saying, look, let's make these pipes. And so we did. So we're celebrating that new tradition with these pipes with my family, with my boys, this Christmas. And they don't know they're getting them, and it's kind of a new family tradition. So I was excited to get here. So the, what I'm looking at is five black sandblasted pipes. One of them's got a longer stem than the other one, but they've got a nice little chocolatey kind of a kind of a stem to them. Yeah. And they're all made from one singular piece of briar, right? Correct. Yeah. And it symbolizes that fact that it's all we all come from one. So yeah. that was kind of the symbolistic. And Pete and I spent a lot of time talking about it, how he was going to develop it. And the long stem one is for my son David, who's quite the thinker. So we felt like that. And we went through the individual personalities. I mean, this was a process, and Pete was so wonderful in helping me develop this stuff. But again, I, I really attribute it to you, because you started this whole thing with the West Coast Pipe Show, and how to get here, how to touch the pipes. And it really kind of inspired me to come here. I really got to say that. So once we started the interview, with Pete and started getting making this pipe, it just turned into. So this year I was so excited to get here because I hadn't seen him. And that was the beautiful part about it is Pete and I just talked on the phone and we just spent a lot of time working back and forth. And he didn't want to show me any of the work that he'd done, so it was kind of a surprise. I developed, you know, the personalities of each of the boys and then he set the pipes together. So then he put it all in a box, signed the box, you know, for our family, so I was totally excited about it. So now going forward, will these pipes, they'll stay together, and yes. then when you and the boys are together, you'll pull them out and all sit and smoke them together? Every Christmas. That's our tradition in our family is we get together, thankful for our blessings, we smoke our pipes, talk about our Christmas. It's the one time a year where all of our family gets together, so we sit around and smoke our pipes, it's a family tradition. And, and and we really celebrate all the blessings and thanks that we have through the years and smoke our pipes. So it's a wonderful opportunity to just share that. And I had these made to signify our family. So that's really what we did. And so this was, I mean, this was kind of the main reason for you to come to this year's show. And obviously you had that kind of planned ahead. Yes. Uh, I've been asking everybody else, what other pipes, what pipes of yours did you bring to smoke while you were here, and why'd you pick those out? 
You know, I, I brought a lot of my older Stanwells. I like the Stanwells just because the older briar. I really like the history. I think there's a lot of history in the older pipes. I like to come to the shows to find the pipes that have got a lot of history. I like the pipe makers. You can find a lot of amazing pipe makers. And, they, and you get these wonderful stories, and you find the pipe makers, you develop that relationship with these pipe makers. And that's the key is that you, you, you kind of get that intimacy with the pipe makers. And the pipes aren't just as a, a piece of wood it's a part of time and that time is so precious you know we all have a limited amount of time on this earth and to have that time invest in a pipe that they've made for you personally is just huge so that's really why i love coming to these pipes it's just amazing and obviously we know what favorite pipes you have that you're taking home with you because oh, yeah. these are absolutely beautiful Randy, thanks for sharing the story Brian, with thank me. You for, thank you for putting on your show. I, I admit your podcast is really what inspired these pipes. I want to thank you personally for putting that together. You're very welcome. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. All right, I know who you are, but tell us your name and tell us where are you from. Uh, Richard Gray, and I'm from uh, Horseshoe Bay, Texas, right outside of Austin. All right, and you, you know, we, we go back years, and you've gone to, you go to what, two or three pipe shows a year? Yes, uh-huh. And you've been smoking a pipe for more than five minutes. Uh, yes. So how many years have you been smoking? Well, since about 18, so what, 50 years? Yeah, so you know what you're doing by now. <laughs> Picked up a few uh, secrets. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the question that I've been asking everybody is, you're at home, you're getting ready to come to the show. Which pipes do you bring to the show for you to smoke and why? Well, that, uh, that's the $50,000 question. First of all, I have to consider how many pipes I'm going to bring number-wise. And usually it's around 15 to 17. And then I uh, touch base with my friends over the years, and we decide if we're going to have a theme. Sometimes our theme is uh, barlings. Um, sometimes it's uh, barling quaints. So we'll, you know, I'll pack those pipes uh, that are going to be theme pipes, and then I usually pick a couple pipes that I can uh, actually smoke during the show, and then I'll have uh, a few others that um, that I'm going to be setting at the tables in the lounge and smoke. Now the pipes that you actually smoke at the show, why why do you select? What what's special or unique about those that that means that they're show smoking pipes? Uh, the ones that, the, that I'm going to uh, smoke when I'm walking around, um, I put the, uh, the shrink wrap tubing on the end, which I learned from a Dr. George and his uh, high-end uh, Danish pipes, and they, pr- uh, they protect it from a, from a bite. So you can, you know, if you're smoking a really nice Becker or you know, a really nice uh, bang or something like that. You're not going to grind it up or anything. It's a little more durable and absolutely a, a little easier to clench. Absolutely. And then, uh, so you have some. So I, I like the idea of the theming. Uh, what happens if you don't have pipes that you that your friends all decide on the theme for? Do you go out and buy some real quick? Nope. No, no, <laughs> no. I got enough pipes that I can pick from it from the the herd. Um, it's usually older English pipes. Yeah. You know, they're going to be Barlings or Old Dunhills or just recently from the Chicago show we ran into a bunch of the old Ben Wades from Leeds, um, which are very rare. 
uh, as far as finding them. And uh, incredible smokers. And uh, so I'll pick those, pick a few of those. Now, when you're getting, when you're here at the show, do you have kind of a, a, a hit list or a target list of what you're looking for, and, and a, kind of a shopping list in mind and a budget? I, I don't have a budget. Um, as far as a shopping list at this point in in, in, in my smoking venture, I would say a journey that. I don't. I'm looking on the tables and I'm looking for those little gems that are overlooked. That, that people don't know what they are mm-hmm. or, or that they're hiding in a pile of pipes somewhere. And uh, and I'll look for those first. Like, one of the second things I do is I'll, I'll look at the, some of the new carvers because I like to see what they're doing. Yeah. And if you get to talk to them and talk to them about the mechanics and the um, the machinery they use, the materials they're picking and whatnot, I find that really uh, insightful. Okay. Um, so and most of, of them are willing to share that. Kind of as a way of qualifying whether or not they're, they're, they're serious and how detailed they are? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah how perceptive they are about what, what's going in. Also, it's interesting when they listen to, to your questions, um, I think they also appreciate someone who knows that they just... You know what went into the project. Yeah. yeah. Now, as a more seasoned collector, is it getting harder and harder to find pipes that you want to buy that make it into your into your herd? I'm not. I'm not sure if it's harder to find them. I think um, because the uh, younger pipe smokers, and that's probably anybody from 20 to 50. You know. <laughs> Thank uh, you. The, I like the, it. <laughs> I'm on the top end of the young range. Yeah. But the younger pipe smokers are so connected with the um, social media mm-hmm. and whatnot that instead of predominantly gaining their experience from going to a pipe shop and sitting around with a bunch of older pipe smokers, they're able to share information uh, rapidly with each other and they kind of know, a lot of them know what they're looking for or what they should be looking for. And so they will, you know, uh, gravitate toward uh, toward things that they've uh, they've been educated online just here at the show was there some pipes or tobaccos that you saw that just stood out that were, were wow fun ones to see or yes um, I the only I didn't I don't I can't remember what I bought here I bought a couple of tins but I'm not I'm not sure I, I I've met so many just wonderful pipe smokers and uh, the longer you know these people, all of a sudden uh, things start coming out of pipe bags. We sat down the other day and, and smoked 50 and 60 year old uh, Edgeworth Ready Rub. Um, uh, Jim Amish uh, had um, some things that he had been working on with other people. We didn't know it had been behind the creation. And we got to try those. Oh, I know what I did. I, um, I got a uh, um, Murray's uh, Dunhill Durbar uh, to give to a friend. And the friend opened it at the table for all of us. <laughs> so uh, that was really amazing because we opened up the tin and we, and we take the, the little uh, wax wrapper off uh, the top, the little disc. And the tobacco just sparkled at us like a like a million diamonds. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And there's still some of that left, and you can probably get a bowl full. <laughs> and I know I know how you feel because I, I I had the comment earlier with somebody else. They asked me if I saw any new Disney World pipes here, and I said no. You know, I really don't have to go looking for them. If I'm here, they find me. Yeah. Because everybody knows that's what I collect, and the same thing as you built up this rapport of friends and stuff, stuff shows up for you. It does. Yeah. It does. You know, you'll be walking around, someone will come up to you, tap you on the shoulder, follow me to this table. Yeah. <laughs> or I or I bought this three months ago and I brought it here for you because I knew you'd be here. Exactly. We um, we had a, uh, one of the friends at the show here, uh, prior to the show, does a lot of research on pipes. In fact, I brought him a pipe that nobody had ever seen. And he did the research online. He pulls up these old documents from England. 
and finds them, you know, John Gus. And uh, and so uh, John had sent some pipes to some people that all had a white bar on them that were kind of interesting. And it turned out that they they were made, uh, there was a company that imported all the Dunhills. I didn't know this. I was taught this. <laughs> and uh, when Dunhill took over their own production, this company then decided to have their own pipes made and distribute them. And they're very rare. Um, not, not a collector's pipe necessarily right. or, you know, known to the public. They're just, un- it's rare to find one is what I mean yeah. by rare. They're more of an oddity in the market yeah. than a... Uh, and we all bought one, so... Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> We were the M and M distributors, M M&M distributors table, <laughs> and that was that was a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Richard, thanks for stopping and talking to me. Yeah, I love your show, and I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I told you it before, but maybe your listeners will be interested. I ride a bike a lot. I'm a country road road rider, and when it's raining or the weather's uh, ever, I uh, will spin in the garage, and so I'll put in my earbuds. I'll turn on the. Uh, Pipes Magazine radio show, and it's a good hour of wonderful listening while I spin, and the time just flies by. So you're a treasure. Thank Thank you you very much. (laughs) All right, tell me your name and tell me where you're from. Andrew Srigliano. I am from uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. So you came a long way just for for this show? Just for this show, yep. Yeah, I was at my second show. First one was Chicago this year, which was a bit of a crazy experience, (laughs) but you know, after that, I was definitely all in for trying to get to as many pipe shows as I could. So, so you kind of you kind of popped your cherry on a big, on a big show. One. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. And now this is a little bit more manageable. More manageable, and uh, you know, Chicago was great, and I had an amazing experience getting first time, not going, knowing anybody, and just immediately becoming part of the community. And you hear about it online, but I mean, when you actually get to experience it, and it's just it's it's incredible. Now for for Chicago. Where did you? When did you get there? I got there on Thursday. Okay. And in time to hang out Thursday night and then experience the Friday pre-sale and the Saturday show. And so yeah. It was so you got you got pretty much the full experience. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then this show, did you come out on Friday and? I did, and I'm actually I have a I have a YouTube channel, but I'm good friends with uh, Mike from Briar Blues. Uh-huh. So, uh, well, better friends now. And I've actually never met I had never met him live before, but we talked quite a bit. And now you know we've had breakfast and dinner, and and we were just saying now it's just it's just amazing when you actually get to sit down and meet these people and yeah. All right, so the question I'm asking everybody is when you were packing to come for the trip, yeah, what pipes did you bring to smoke and why? Great question, and it's a cha- I'm I'm challenged with that. I think the more you do it, probably probably the better educated you are on being less is more. <laughs> but, sometimes, but then sometimes more so, is harder to select from. That's true. So I probably brought ten pipes with me, and a few. I'm a Costello fan, so some of, you know a couple of my Costellos. But the pipes that I really enjoy smoking, and some of the pipes that I have from Carvers that I knew were going to be here, and I wanted to come and show them and say, hey, yeah. great to meet you. I love your pipes, and um, so. Yeah, I mean, probably about 10 pipes. Did you bring special tobaccos just for the weekend? I did. You know, this was a show where uh, if I have a tin of something, I have some Edgeworth from 2000 that I love, and I I brought that to share with people because, you know, whatever special tobacco that's got some age on it that's fun to just pop and share, this is the place that I want to do it. And this being your second show... How did you plan for what you were going to buy or what you were going to look at? Did you have a, so you set a budget? Did you have a target list? Another great question. Um, I didn't have I didn't have a budget per se. There's a few things that I knew I wanted to look at, um, some Costellos that I wanted to see, but um, I think now I have a little bit better idea of the kind of pipe that I like to smoke. So I have a general idea of what I wanted to look at, but not, nothing really, really specific. And we're in the morning of the second day. What have you bought so far that you're willing to admit to? (laughs) Okay. Um, I bought, actually, I had one prior to this, uh, the show, I I bought one Briarworks pipe actually in Chicago Mm -hmm. that I love and for just an everyday kind of, you know, workhorse pipe, great price, you know, great pipes. So I bought a a Briarworks and just now, actually, I was waiting. I just bought a, a, a Jerry Crawford 
And I have one Crawford actually that I brought, like I had said, and wanted to show him. And so he had a, a, a another pipe that I really, really loved. So yeah. So you did you see the pipes yesterday, and then kind of wander around and get the whole scope of the things? And then yes. sleep on it and see which ones were haunting you? Um, for the most part, I made some rounds and then tried to make a mental list of the ones. And then I think, as people say, the ones you go back to and pick up when you've picked it up three or four times, <laughs> right? You know that you probably, uh, that's the one you should be uh, going home with, yeah. Yeah, you've handled it so much, you've worn it smooth already, <laughs> so you may as well buy it, That's right, right yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, was there anything that was, you know, if money was no object, holy grail that you saw that impressed you? Or uh, um, there's a few uh, Costellos that are here that are quite expensive. That if money was no object, uh, yes, and probably I, I will say Chicago was over the top more, yeah. you know, straight grain overload, right? But there's definitely a few pipes here that I saw that, yes, if I if I could, I would be buying, yeah. yeah. And then are you uh, are you spending an extra day or two in Vegas, or are you just I wish I could. No, I, I'm going uh, back home uh, probably uh, tonight or first thing tomorrow. I'm not quite sure yet, actually. Uh -oh. <laughs> so I do have a flight booked, but uh, depending on um, what's going on tonight, I may stay a little longer uh, just to hang out with folks that I won't see again probably for another year or so, right? So. And then you're already planning for Chicago, right? Yeah, absolutely. I will be there. Perfect. Yeah. I'll see you there. Thanks yes. for stopping and hanging out Thank with you. Me. Great to meet you, Ryan. Thanks. All right, tell us your name and tell us where you're from. I'm Mark Berman from Houston, Texas. Oh, home of the second place Astros. We won't discuss that. Okay, we, we won't, won't discuss, discuss that. that. Yeah, well, I'm a Dodgers fan, so we won't discuss that either. Uh, so, Mark, I've known you for years. Years and years and years. And I'm still interested to hear in what pipes, when you were packing to come for this trip, what pipes did you bring and why did you bring those pipes? That's an interesting question, Brian. I know, it's uh, kind of like, what, why, why'd you bring the clothes that you brought? I have some uh, pipes that I usually bring to every pipe show to smoke. And they're their old standbys, because uh, they're great smokers. And uh, this show I brought a really nice giant Peterson house pipe, which I've had for many years. Big bowl, so you can walk around the show and not have to repack it very much, yeah. enjoy it. Uh, I brought a very nice little Mark Tinsky pipe. The blast was by Rad Davis. Yeah. It's a small pipe, great for a lot of Kia blends. And uh, I brought a very nice Upshaw. Uh, old England Magnum with a Cumberland bit, which is a great smoker, big bowl. And another good smoker was a Perry White pipe made by Bob Swanson. Yep. So, and did you pick out tobaccos that were you know specific for the trip, or did you just bring your your standbys? I I, I brought basically what I smoke at home. I brought some Stokeby uh, Luxury Flake. I brought some uh, Dunhill London mixture for my Latakia pipes, and I, I have a nice little jar I brought of uh, Samuel Gaywith, uh, Virginia, that's about 12 or 14 years old. It's turned nice and dark and oily, and it gives you a tremendous nicotine hit, <laughs> and uh, that's what I brought. Gets you going early in the morning? Gets you going early in the morning, right. And, and, I, and I'm pretty sure you probably brought some of that stuff to share with your friends. Oh, and, absolutely. Everybody yeah. can. You're welcome to have some. Oh, I'm okay. Thanks. Um, what pipes did you... Did, did you come here with a shopping list in your mind, or did you come here with pipes that you were looking for? Or? I never come with a shopping list. Uh, there are things which I collect... And if I see them, I'll always buy them. But they're so... For instance, I love the carved heads by Sheraton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The carved faces. And every once in a while, they'll be, see, I'll see one in a show. And uh, I'll grab it. But I haven't seen that. Uh, I always like to uh, visit the table here at this show of Bruce Kaiser, who's a high-end uh, Costello fellow. 
And this trip I found a beautiful Costello flame that he had, which is a smaller pipe. Yeah. It's going to be a perfect smoker. It's going to be a perfect smoker. So you kind of you, you kind of come with a target, but you also come with an open mind. Open mind, and I and I also picked up a nice Alberto Benfiglioli. Oh, good old Alberto. So I like I like Alberto so much. He's such a great guy. Yeah. Uh, were there any tobaccos that you saw that you had to have, or do no. you have so many, so much tobacco that you don't need anymore? Except for what Rick has on his table that I'm going to try in a minute. What did you see? Any new pipe makers that you liked? Or do you look at the new pipe makers that much? Yeah, I I, I looked at the new pipe makers. Uh, I was very impressed, but he, I I know him and and he's been at shows many times, David Huber's pipes. And David Huber's, one of his pipes won best in show here. And uh, it's a very unusual, it's almost like a Nautilus uh, pipe. But uh, he has some other pipes with contrast stain, free form, which are are wonderful. So I was very impressed with his pipes. Uh, And a few others, but nothing really uh, amazing to me. Always the old standbys, Jerry Crawford and Bob Swanson. And now you go to a couple different pipe shows a year. Do you do you look for different things when you go to different pipe shows because you maybe know that there's somebody that'll be exhibiting at that one, or or do you do you stay kind of true to true to form through them all? Uh, not really. I, I pretty much go to open mind to all of them, although. As you know, in Chicago, there tend to be quite a few dealers and pipe makers who are never come to any other show. Yeah. And uh, so I, I do have them consciously in my mind to see and talk with, etc. Mark, thanks for sitting down with me. My pleasure. And again, sitting down, tell us your name and tell us where are you from. My name is Chris DeSanto. I am from the Portland, Oregon area, born and raised Oregonian. Keep Portland weird. We're, we're trying. It's not that hard. And, and I should have guessed you're wearing flannel. Which is what Silver Gray said the first time she saw me yesterday because she also now resides in Southern Oregon. And she goes, yeah, I guess I could tell you're from Oregon. You're wearing the yeah. plaid. And I said, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my that's my go-to. I, I need to get back and go to the Pendleton Outlet store right near the airport there. That was oh pretty cool uh, yeah now that stuff can also be a car payment as well as uh coming to a pipe show i'll tell you what man some of that pendleton stuff's pretty expensive but it's yeah. pretty cool it's unique you have a five days of visiting family and uh meeting stuff and then the last day we got to go to that outlet store oh, and yeah. i got my mickey mouse pendleton blanket where else are you going to get the mickey mouse pendleton blanket oh, right especially at, at the outlet that's awesome at outlet prices it wasn't a kidney donation <laughs> okay it was, it was just a you know a couple units of plasma sure yeah that makes sense. Yeah, that's worth it. Yeah. So let's go back. You're you're getting ready to pack and come to the show. What pipes did you bring to smoke? So I brought four pipes. I brought uh, this fourth generation, uh, kind of a limited edition Eric Stokeby pipe. Yeah. I actually got it from Mike Murphy. Um, we were just talking. I I at one point had it in my cart at smoking pipes, and then he. He bought it right out from under me, but then about six months later, he sold it to me actually for a little bit less than what I would have paid for it. So I thought, hey, it worked out for me. So I brought that. Um, I brought a Walt Canoy wax strip pipe. Oh, cool. uh, I have one of those, and uh, I still haven't smoked it. So I figured, bring it to the pipe show. It'll be kind of a the way I christen that pipe. I brought uh, like just a straight apple Savinelli that's just a kind of an easy go-to smoker. Yep. And then uh, I bought, I brought a uh, pipe from Mike Burks. He's a newer, newer carver. Um, so I encourage people to go check out his work. He has been uh, working under Jerry Zen and, okay. uh, and, and Primal as well. And so he's got a couple of good, good guys to kind of teach him uh, some, some things yeah. and techniques. But so far he's picked it up very well and his pipes are, are awesome so and when you picked out those pipes that you were bringing to the show you had a purpose behind each one yeah, kind of. I and think so I mean you know I, I brought a, a straight or maybe uh, one that had a bigger bowl in case I wanted to smoke for longer or yeah. I just kind of went through my my collection and just yeah, yeah I'll take this one yeah I'll take that one and I brought this one back to show Mike and say hey thanks I appreciate it I'm still smoking out of it so yeah <laughs> sort of yeah, yeah. 
Your, your pipe smokes your great. Your pipe's Thanks. great. Thanks. Do you remember? Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been good. All right. So one full day of the show already. What'd you What'd you see that stood out at you? Did you have to go to the ATM for more money? I had, did not have to go to the ATM yet. So yeah. it's still early on Sunday. We will see how that changes. I have done pretty well as far as giving myself a budget and just bringing it in cash, but we all know how quickly that goes. Yeah. Um, it's been good. I, it's, I think it's a little bit larger than uh, I thought it was going to be. It's only the second pipe show I've ever been to. Okay. I went to the St. Louis pipe show earlier this year. Yeah, because uh, that's right around the corner from and, Portland. And yeah, it was real, well, luckily for me, my in-laws live there. So oh, there it was, you go. It yeah. was, uh, hey, I'll bring the granddaughter and the family, and then, oh, by the way, I'll be gone for a day because I'm going to this pipe show. That's, so like, it, that's like me going to the Pendleton ex- outlet. Exactly, yeah, it worked out yeah. quite well. So that was cool. But then I at least had, you know, some experience with going to a pipe show and stuff. So um, just... An, an amazing amount of, of uh, pipe carvers here that that I hadn't really uh, got to see in person. I mean, there's just such a difference when you actually get to see and feel and touch and you know yeah. the pipe in person than when you see him online and having a lot of conversations with these guys online uh, for a while now and then actually get to meet him in person and see their work uh, up close is is pretty awesome. It's been great. Anything that you're going to not go home with that's going to haunt you so far? That's kind of why I came in, I guess, on Sunday again. So I've done pretty good so far. I bought a pipe from Neil Monnier. I I have a handful of his pipes. I just like his his style, and he's a great guy. And I got a um, yet another custom cob from John Keller. I have a, quite a few pipes from him, and um, and I got a, a near up uh, from Cup of Joe's. And uh, so now I'm I think I got about one more kind of bigger purchase that I I'm waiting for to to get something. So we'll see. I, I, there's I got a few on the docket, and I'm gonna have to pick pick one of them. Is there a pipe or something that you saw at the show that if money was no object, you would have jumped all over as a as a holy grail or a I'm going to get killed when I get home when it... I think that there was probably several pipes yeah. like that that I found <laughs> that if other, if money wasn't an option that I probably would have jumped on them. Uh, there's definitely some makers here that have some pipes that are just absolutely beautiful um, but just might not be in my yeah. budget or everybody. You know, some people's budgets are, are higher or lower than others and that's just the way it goes. But uh, there was probably like five different pipes I think I saw that I was, man, if I didn't have... A mortgage to pay <laughs> this month I would have just used that so or if I only went down to that casino and hit the mega bucks <laughs> exactly then I'd come back up here and buy that and that's what you start thinking on Saturday well if I gamble tonight then I might make enough money back yeah. to actually buy that pipe and, didn't happen and you could smoke it in the limo while you're driving to the Ferrari <laughs> dealership to buy your new car absolutely yeah yeah yeah, my uh, gambling usually doesn't turn out that well for no. me, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no, my, my uh, life is a gamble enough. I don't exactly. Need to... <laughs> exactly. Thanks for sitting down with me. Appreciate and, uh, it. Go ahead and go enjoy the show. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste, and whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, We're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. I hope you enjoyed listening to those. I had a good time doing them. I wish I could have gotten more, but you know what? I got to have some fun at the pipe show, too. So I got to see a whole bunch of stuff. And, of course, you heard the show report before. But uh, anyway, thanks to all those guys for sitting down with me. All right, for music, starting off the holidays with Bing Crosby and uh, Rob sent in this suggestion. Uh, it's the white world of winter and it's, uh, not exactly Christmas, but you know what? This is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So that's what we get. We kick off the holiday season with Bing Crosby. (laughs) 
this wonderful white world of winter. Darling, we'll have a wonderful time. First we'll ride side by side through the hitter and run delay to the sleigh bells merry chime. Then we'll ski fancy free down old Baldy and take those chances all silly people do. If there's ever a moment you are freezing, just a little squeezing could be mighty pleasing in this wonderful wide world of winter. I'm falling head over heels over you. In this wonderful white world of winter, darling, we'll have a wonderful time. If we prayed it would snow all this winter, I ask, is that a terrible, horrible crime? I can't wait till we skate on Lake Happy and sup a hot buttered cup in the afterglow. If there's ever a moment you're not laughing, maybe a toboggan. Oh, don't bump your little noggin. In this wonderful white world of winter, I'm thinking you are the sweetest one I know. Here we go through the snow. In the snow. The one, the only, Bing Crosby. What's this? A letter for me. And in the mailbag, remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email me directly, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or you can post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page uh, on pipesmagazine.com, just like... uh, just like writing Rav, Ira, the writing rabbi does, and he says, Hi, Brian, what an interesting show. And he's talking about last week with uh, Len and Greg. Uh, While I'm too old to contemplate a career in pipes and tobaccos, I can always fantasize, and your report gave me fantasy substance. Uh, the interview with Len and Greg was very enjoyable. The Bing special has always been one of my favorite shapes. I would have a rather more expensive rendition. Uh, I have a rather more expensive expensive rendition by Scotty Pearsall, but was intrigued by the mer- merchant service iteration. Iteration. I enjoyed knowing that two passionate pipe guys could turn an idea into a reality. It must have been fun, a fun pursuit. I do wish you'd ask them a little more about the actual acquisition of the merchant service brand name. Was it just in the public domain and they plucked it out, or was there more involved? Uh, I checked their website and must admit I couldn't resist ordering one. (laughs) I missed the music and appreciated the rant. Cheers, Ira. Uh, And then also down there it says, This email has been proofread before sending. (laughs) That's a note for you young people. Yeah, reread stuff before you send it. All right, uh, maybe if uh, Glenn, uh, if uh, Lynn and Greg are listening, maybe one of them could let me know how they got the uh, rights to the name. Uh, and then uh, Jess Steer commented, uh, your analysis of retailer apps was profoundly penetrating and exactly right. It is amazing how things change and yet do not change. Keychain cards they are. Uh, and then Jess also uh, also asked, um, when cellaring a blend in a mason jar, what might be advantages or disadvantages of packing the jars tightly versus packing them a little more loosely and leaving a little space in the jar? I've asked on the forums, but I notice a definite lack of agreement on which is better, with some see- saying to leave an inch or so of space at the top and not compress it too hard, and others on the extreme opposite, and the extreme opposite end, experimenting with turning their tobaccos into bricks. Perhaps it would be better to ask what might a looser or tighter technique accomplish. What would the impact on the tobacco over time? Simply knowing this might help me decide on the best practices for myself. Thanks for all you do for the community. Well, Jess, here's my two cents, and remember, I'm the leading expert on my own opinion. Um, 
Virginia's Virginia Periques. And again, when you're looking at English or Oriental blends, those are primarily Virginia based. So Virginia based blends like that, that you want to benefit from aging. If you pack them too tight, there's not enough oxygen in there for them to uh, for them to ferment slowly and correctly. So they over ferment and they actually kind of stove themselves in their own juices. Uh, think what happens to black Cavendish. It's uh, steam, uh, you know, it's heat and pressure over time that turns it black. Think of what happens with Perique. It's a green leaf product that is pressed in barrels in its own juice and it turns black. So if you want it to spice up or, uh, you know, if you want more spice and more intensity out of it, press it as tight as you can. If you want to help those the natural sugars mature and you want everything to ripen at a slower pace and maybe a little bit more natural pace, do what I do and leave it so that you can shake it in the jar. All right, shake, you, you just want enough room so you can shake it. Don't push it in there, pack it in there real tight. I leave, you know, maybe the rim of the jar. I pack it below the below the rim and below the screw down portion. And that's where I leave it. Um, and it'll settle down over time. And then every, you know, six months or so, I go and check the jars and check the lids and I shake them and you know, try to get a little turn into them. So there's my answer to that. And again, comments or questions, you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page or email me and I'll read them and I'll read your opinion. And then you are the leading expert on your own opinion. All right. Um, holiday message coming up next. <laughs> This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corn cob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Holiday season is upon us, and I want to remind us of, uh, I want to remind everyone of two things. One, make sure and take time to slow down and step back and enjoy the holiday season. Enjoy Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa, uh, the New Year. Enjoy it all. It's five short weeks, and it sure seems to go by faster and faster, but do make sure and Take a chance to step back, relax, enjoy the simple things of the holiday pleasures. Maybe it's just some hot apple cider with your pipe one night, or uh, maybe it's just sitting back with some music and holiday music and smoking your pipe, whatever it is. Take time to get away from the uh, hustle and bustle of the holiday season and enjoy it, reflect, relax. And then the other thing I want to remind you is what you put it what you put out in the world is what you get back so if you get a chance try to do something nice for somebody try to uh, maybe volunteer for a couple of hours at a uh, at a at a food bank uh try to do something that just gives out you know gives to the world a little bit and what you put out in the world is what you get back so relax make sure and slow down and then at the same time do something good one little thing that's all that's all it takes one little thing put one little thing out there in the world all right i want to uh, thank all those fine gentlemen that joined me at the uh, west coast pipe show and took time out of their show to record with me i want to thank you all for tuning in and until next time Happy
Bum, 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 bum,